episode 39, No Time Outs. I'm actually on a consistent schedule back with John Kyrie, week two of the NFL playoffs. I think this is episode 39, maybe. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Week two of the playoffs. 40, here. actually. How are you doing? 40? And look, Kyrie know better than me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling good, man. I'm definitely feeling good. You know, I had a pretty good weekend. I can't speak for my friends here, but, you know, my team won this past weekend. Yeah. That's true. You're 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 the only one who has uh, who's still alive right That's now. Right. That's right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you know, like I feel like I have a lot of things that I can say to John right now, but um, just to be professional for the podcast, you know, I'm I'm not going to say as much as I want to. Once I get to you know certain games, I'll get he'll hear Love something. Let, let's but, just make sure we go. Can, can we rewind the tape? Didn't I say last week the Ravens were going to win? Yeah, you said another team was going to win too, though. Hey. Oh. Can't be right all the time. Even if Google was wrong, sometimes you feel me. I feel you, bro. I'm trying to see what 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 to, what to even get into first. Like I said, we have so many different directions we can go in terms of the positive well, we, of we the Ravens. Well to, we might as well get to the, the elephant in the room, Rodney. Like we ain't got. <laughs> we just we just want to. Well, no, we gotta we gotta go in order. So we're, we're gonna get to that in due time. The first game we're gonna go in the same order as last time. So the first game on Saturday is 4:30, Rams Packers. Rams, who somebody said the Rams was going to win. It wasn't me. I definitely thought the Seahawks were going to win. I didn't me. trust the Rams QB. I mean, shoot, Jared Goff had to come in. And, and I mean, it's not he looked okay, but he low-key looked just as good, if not better, than Russell Wilson. I mean, obviously, he's playing against a worse defense, but, I mean, the guy just had surgery like three weeks ago. So that shit was, was pretty wild to see, one, just how dominant the Rams defense was because even though they scored 30, I mean, seven of those was from the pick six. And then another seven came from the special teams when they got that fumble on the punt. So, you know what I'm saying? And the Rams offense only had like 20 yards to go. So, I mean, they had they, they ran the ball good. Cam Akers had over 100 yards. I think he had almost like like around 150 yards or so. Uh, but, yeah, how did y'all feel about the, the Rams-Seahawks uh, before we get into Rams-Packers? So, I was the one who said that the Rams would win because I did not believe in Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. I said that I've seen it too many times, and lo and behold, they blew it again. And I don't, I don't really know what to think of Russ. Obviously, he's a great quarterback, you know, but I've seen this time and time again in the playoffs ever since, you know, they lost in the Super Bowl. And I don't know what it is about Pete Carroll. He blows a lot of games as well. So, I mean, the game went like – now, I am surprised by how dominant, like you said, the Rams' defense was. I was pretty surprised by that. I haven't watched a lot of Rams games this season, so – just to see them dominate, dominate the line of scrimmage, dominate the secondary. Like, it was just it was just bad all around. I think Jalen Ramsey held DK Metcalf to, like, maybe one catch at, like, 20 yards or something ridiculous like that. It's Yeah, that was pretty bad for the Seahawks. <clears throat> they I definitely mean, need to draft an O-line in the offseason. I mean, I, mean I, I think when you really think about it, this Rams defense has all the ingredients and makings of like a really good defense week in and week out. And like the best way I can describe it, watching them last week was like, remember watching that Saints defense when they finally went to the Super Bowl? And like they weren't amazing, but they got stops when they needed to get stops and they forced turnovers. They made plays. That's what that Rams defense reminded me of. Yeah, they definitely have a, they have a lot of playmakers. I, I, for one, was not as high on Marcus Peters as other people. Not to say that I thought he sucked, but I definitely didn't think 
he was like elite by any means. At the start, he took a lot of risks. Uh, but he hasn't really been getting burnt. And that's partly due, I think he plays a lot better when you have a good front seven. You know what I'm saying? So you don't have time to make double moves and things like that. And so he's really fit into that that defense really well, opposite of Jalen Ramsey. Well, no. Marcus Peters is in Baltimore. Oh, Marcus shit. Peters I'm just thinking of the other dude. I'm thinking of yeah, other I, mean, I, don't know. I know who you're thinking about, though. Yeah, no. Nah, but, but it's kind of the same thing. I don't know why it's yeah. Marcus Peters. I know nah, he's on the last year. No, nah, but that's facts, though, because the dude on the other side, like, I think that's – I think that's – and what you said, I think, is right, though, Rodney. I think it works because Jalen Ramsey don't take a lot of chances. Like, I think – He's a lockdown corner. Yeah, like, he, he stands straight up. He's like – like, like if, you, if you wanted to give an analogy to another sport, pretend it's like basketball. He's not a defender that's going to go for a lot of steals. He's just going to keep you in front of him. And that's all he does in football. He just keeps his man in front of him, and he doesn't get burnt. That's it. Right. And, and makes tackles. And then you got Aaron Donald up there. Like, he – and I don't care what anybody says. Any defensive line that has Aaron Donald on it, it's a top three defensive line because he demands double teams. I've double seen him teams. get triple team before. Like I've I, seen him get triple teamed a few times. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't seen that since Sack. Like Warren Sack was the last defensive tackle, interior defensive tackle I've seen truly get triple teamed. And I've had the chance to look at Stephon Tewitt, Casey Hampton, um, Halode Nata. Like just period. I've never seen a defensive, an interior defensive lineman consistently get double team and triple team and beat the double team and the triple team to get yeah. some. So like like the, the that Rams team is dangerous. Not because of golf, even though I think golf showed a lot of guts. Like he earned a lot of my respect this past weekend. Came in with a with a fractured or broken finger, whatever it was, came in and then he outplayed Russell Wilson down the stretch when he needed to. Yeah. The Seahawks just fell apart. The offense, man. I think the offense has been sketchy the entire season. I know the first three games, Russ was throwing like four touchdowns a game, but then that fell apart very quickly, and they've been very suspect ever since. And so I kind of foresaw that coming. I mean, yeah, you definitely, you definitely <laughs> said it. I mean, and to be honest, I saw some of the signs as well. Uh, and Troy Hill was the corner I'm talking about, not Marcus Peters. Um, but, yeah, I saw some of those signs as well in terms of the Seahawks. I think everyone did, but I just felt like, I don't know. It was almost like I was just like, ignoring the evidence, because I was like, all right, like, once the playoffs come, you know, they're going to take it up another level, like, you know, because, you know, Russell Wilson is really good, but, yeah, it was just, I don't know, I think it was just that, me ignoring the signs, and also just having zero faith in anyone the Rams were putting at quarterback. But with that said, the Rams, you know, coming in, they, I mean, they got golf at quarterback, now they're going against the Packers, like, how do y'all feel about that because I'm, I'm feeling very confident in the Packers even though this is definitely a game that the Packers offense could go out there and lay a dud like we like again like Kyrie kind of said like we've seen this before like this is definitely a scenario where the Packers look good all regular season and then they come out and kind of lay an egg on offense but I'm still feeling confident in the Packers I would pick them to win how, how are y'all feeling about that I mean it's just I'm gonna say this if the Packers are going against the Seahawks I would pick the Packers because then I feel like it's just Russell Wilson versus Aaron Rodgers. And I feel like Rodgers is going to beat him. And he has the better defense to, and the better running game to beat Russ. But, I mean, when I'm looking at the Rams, man, they got a, they got a, they got a, a good enough front four to not let Rodgers just sit back there and be comfortable the whole time. And in that secondary, I mean, unless he burns up Troy Hill all day on that other side, 
I think the Rams could. I think the Rams could beat him. I mean, at the end of the day, we know two things are certain: is Wade Phillips still over there, and is he still there with the Rams in LA? No, nah, he retired last season, I think. Uh, yeah, he just retired. Yeah, yeah, after, I think he did retire. But I think after the, guy the Ravens who is now their defensive coordinator was on is was on Russell. Yeah, it was after Lamar threw like five touchdowns on him. I think that's when he realized he wanted to retire. Oh yeah, I remember. <laughs> I definitely remember. Yeah, yeah, Um, I think I, I just think I, we all know Sean McVay's offensive genius. Like as far as it goes offensively, as far as like being an offensive guru and taking apart defenses, like. I don't think there's really too many people better in the league, if any, this better than Sean McVay. And I think the offense is starting to warm up. Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are both back healthy. Um, the tight end, Everett, he's back and he's healthy. You know, golf seems to have gotten his act together, at least somewhat. And then I think it's just going to really depend on the running game. And I don't think anybody expected Cam Akers to come out there and kill it the way he did. So if Cam Akers comes out there and kills it, their offense is still healthy. I think if Donald gets one sack, just even one sack, I think the Rams are going to beat him. Like, I think the Rams might win. Like, I and I'm not going to do scores this week because my scores last week were terrible. But, <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, I, I, will say, I will say real quick before Kari jumps in, uh, Brandon Staley is the defensive coordinator for the Rams. He was on the Broncos staff last year and the Bears staff before. So he kind of has that, a good pedigree uh, for oh, good defenses. Yeah. Young guy, he's like 38. Um, so, yeah, Kari. Oh, so, what's your official pick, though, John? Is, are you officially picking the Rams, or are you saying that they could win? Because we're, we're making definitive picks here, buddy. <laughs> we need definite action. We need, we need firm picks here. I think John muted himself on accident. I don't know if he knows that or not. But... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm thinking about a lot of things from last weekend, man. My score. I'm thinking about... But never mind. We'll, we'll get we'll get to the other thing I'm thinking about when we get around to that team. Like I just I don't even want to <laughs> that team. That's crazy. Well, since John doesn't want to give scores, I'll go ahead and give my analysis. I will say that I have the Packers taking the game pretty handily. Um, I think um, damn, what's his name? Devontae, the Devontae uh, receiver. Devontae Adam. He is on fire right now. He is like. I know yeah, Jalen Ramsey is a likes, but he is – yeah, he's he is on fire. I don't – DK I don't, is good, but he ain't no Devontae Adams. He's not going to get shut down like DK did. That's not going to happen, first of all. Um, I don't really have faith in Jared Goff. I know he's coming back, and I know I picked the Rams last week, but I've never had faith in Jared Goff, really. Um, and I think the Packers' front seven is good enough to where they can apply some pressure and make them make mistakes. You know, Goff is very – he makes a lot of mistakes. You know, once he gets rattled, he starts making errand throws. He starts doing dumb stuff. He fumbles the ball. So I can see that happening. You have um, more faith than Walford? I mean, hey, I don't have faith I in think, either of the quarterbacks. I think Sean McVay had more faith in Walford, to be honest with you. Yeah. So I and, and, that's, did. and I know John said that uh, Cooper Cup and Xavier are healthy, but I mean – even when Cooper Cup is healthy, there's always an asterisk next to it. He's always one tackle away from being out of the game for the rest of the game. So, I mean, that's I wouldn't really consider him to be much of a factor. I think Jair is going to shut one of Jair Alexander is going to shut one of those receivers down. Uh, he's on fire as well. Then you still have Aaron Jones. I just think they just have too much for the Rams this week. And I think I don't want to say it's going to be a blowout, but I think they'll win by a couple of touchdowns. 
Oh, and plus Aaron Rodgers is on fire too. I mean, even Aaron Rodgers, man, look at what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I could see a ten point win for the for the Packers yeah. for sure. Uh, but okay, let's move on to the next game. The one of, one of the games that that's been highly anticipated here, uh, Ravens Bills, uh, anticipated for last week and for this week. I think this is probably the best matchup of the week. I don't know, maybe probably definitely the best quarterback matchup for sure. Uh, given that you know Lamar and Josh are in the same draft and all that good stuff. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I I low key. I don't know. I, this is tough. Like I said, this is definitely the toughest game to pick for me. But I'm going to go with the Ravens, actually. Um, the Bills' defense, letting Phillip Rivers kind of do what he wants, was very concerning. Um, you know, yeah. they, they were very average. You know, they didn't necessarily stop the run. They didn't k- get killed either, but they didn't, they didn't stop it. And, again, Phillip, Phillip Rivers, zero turnovers, actually did a good job. And the Colts left a lot of points on the board. Um, you know, we don't need to get into that, whether it be the missed field goal or going for it and then, you know, drop or not dropping it, but probably should have kicked a field goal, you know, et cetera, et cetera. We saw the game. Um, but for me, I think the Ravens, they came in hot. They carried that over. And I think that the defense especially, like, really has Lamar's back. And, and they hear the noise. They heard everyone kind of slandering them or slandering Lamar, especially in terms of, you know, his lack of playoff success, which, I mean, I've joked about before, but, I mean, the guy's 24. Like, it's like no one's – People who are seriously making those types of things, like, it's just weird to me because you have quarterbacks in that same class, like a Josh Allen, like a Baker Mayfield, who were drafted higher but weren't getting that same sort of uh, disrespect in a lot of ways. So, I don't know. Josh Rosen isn't even playing anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah. Josh Rosen. Yeah, exactly. Nobody even speaks on Josh Rosen anymore. Like, so I'm, I'm, I'm taking the Ravens in a very, very close game. Phil I just, I just think that their defense is going to do very well. I, you know, the Bills are very uh, one-sided in terms of lack of a running game. Um, you know, they, they, weren't, they weren't running anything on the Colts, and I expect that to continue with the Ravens. I think the Ravens' run defense is pretty comparable to the Colts overall. Um, and so, yeah, when you can make Josh Allen one-dimensional, you kind of blitz them, even though he's been good against the Blitz this year, and the Ravens do Blitz a lot, so, so that'll be interesting to watch. Um, but I just, I just think the Ravens will pull it out. I think they're the more overall balanced team, even if Josh Allen is playing really well. Yeah, um, I don't want so, to sound biased. Oh, wait, you could go ahead, John. Go ahead. I'm no, I actually want to hear your take first. And now, no, let's, let's, keep, let's keep the same rotation. John, go yeah, ahead. Go go ahead. ahead We've been having okay. the same rotation. All right, so I'm going to say this. I have heard all of the slander towards Lamar. And if I didn't have about seven or eight Raven fans that would not let me get any sleep, I would want to say I want Lamar to, to march the Ravens to the Super Bowl and win it, to silence, to silence the critics and the haters. What a but, nice guy. Un- oh. <laughs> unfortunately, I have all of the Raven fans that are going to be chirping in my ear till the end of time if they win the Super Bowl. So I want Lamar to win this round, but I want him to lose next round. Like, I don't – it don't matter who to – whether it's the Kansas City or the other team. But I want him to be – I do want him to be Josh Allen. But I'm going to say this. Ronnie, while you're thinking about Lamar versus Josh, I'm thinking about Marlon Humphrey versus Stephon Diggs. That's what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about an all-pro caliber corner versus an all-pro caliber receiver, and I want to see who gets the better of who in that matchup. I, I, I don't like Marlon Humphrey in that specific matchup, to be fair. So, and, and, I, and I, can understand touch, the reason, I, I can understand the reason. I mean, if Marlon Humphrey's healthy, you know, 
I still think Marlon Humphrey is one of the best, if not, you know, maybe like a top two or top three corner in the league just because he's physical, he's strong, and he, I think he has good instincts. But I'm going to say this. The Ravens run a lot of man. They run a lot of man coverage, I guess, because they rely on Marlon Humphreys and Marcus Peters in those corners. You know, Jimmy Smith to, to make those type of plays or to be able to guard their man while they're blitzing, like, like you said. I think it's really going to come down to Stephon Diggs versus Marlon Humphrey and who, win, and who wins that battle. Because if Marlon Humphrey can beat up on Diggs in the first half, if he can win that battle, you know, as the, if, I'm, if, if I'm the defensive coordinator for the Ravens, I'm going to be like, okay, well, I don't have to have that safety over the top help for Humphrey on this side with Diggs. I can dedicate that to over there. And that allows us to blitz even more. And, and, and at some point, you got to think, if the Bills don't have a good running team or a good running game together, which I don't think they do. I still think their running game is extremely spotty. Um, Devin Singletary and Mike Davis show up once in a blue moon or twice in a blue moon. I think the Ravens win by six. I don't think it's a field goal. I think it might be two field goals. It's either going to be two field goals or a touchdown. But I think the, wave, I think the Ravens walk away with the win. And I think Lamar beats Josh Allen and silence the credits. I agree with both of your points. I think y'all both have very valid points regarding my team. But I mean, who knows my team better than me? So let me get break it down for y'all for real. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I do agree with John that I do think it really comes down to Marlon Humphrey versus Stephon Diggs. And Marlon Humphrey got kind of abused by A.J. Brown last game. There was a, it was a very physical matchup. But A.J. Brown is just a physical force. Have you seen that man? That man is huge. Yeah, DK Metcalf 2.0, basically. Yeah, he's ridiculous. And Marlon did lose that matchup. Exactly. And I do think – but I think Marlon – I like this matchup more for Marlon with Stephon Diggs. He's bigger than him. They're about the same speed. Marlon's not slow, you know. So I think he can – if he can stay physical with Stephon, I think he can beat that matchup. And I think that's really what it comes down to. Um. Like y'all said, they don't really have much of a run game. Um, my biggest fear is actually Josh Allen breaking off those runs. I think we're really bad against – somehow we're bad against quarterbacks who can run, and I don't really know how that works. But um, – and I'm actually surprised Ryan Tannehill didn't do more of those last weekend. And I think if he actually broke off some of those runs and didn't try to force the ball down the field so often, they may have won that game, actually. But – you know, that's not the end on there. I think, like you said, the Ravens are hot. They're going to go in. I think it's going to be a close game. I think we'll probably win by maybe a touchdown or something like that. But I also have the Ravens winning. Fair enough. I mean, I expect nothing less. But I am I am hoping for, you know, that uh, that Ravens or, excuse me, that Lamar-Patrick-Mahomes matchup. And uh, that will lead us right uh, into our next game, actually. The Browns-Chiefs. Uh, you know, uh, there's definitely some people. <laughs> some yeah, people yeah. are giving the Browns a, a decent shot to win. I mean, I know. Look, they played very well. Uh, but I don't know. If we're talking about last week, I definitely look at last week as more of a Steelers lost it than the Browns won it. If you had to pick sure. a side in terms Thank of like, like the Steelers, the Steelers spotted them 21 points before the game even really started. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like <laughs> worst snap of the year one of the worst picks and it's like the first two possessions is 14-0 like if the one thing the Browns can do is run the ball in the red zone and keep a lead like they played right into their hands I mean shout out to them for capitalizing you know they did what the Colts couldn't do which is once you get into the red zone you score touchdowns uh, because (laughs) because their running game was better uh, and their play calling was better Uh, so give them credit for that like not to say that they didn't deserve to win uh, but the Steelers definitely didn't play their best 
Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, the line is 10, which is pretty high. I can see the Browns keeping this kind of close. Um, but they still have a bunch of corners out. Like, I don't know how they're going to handle Patrick Mahomes. Like, their only hope is they come out rusty because they haven't played in two weeks, to me. Um, like, get out an early lead kind of same way because Mahomes is rusty or something or somebody fumbles. You know, something happens and they, they can kind of capitalize. But I don't trust their defense uh, to, to kind of limit Mahomes to where that they can be conservative and run the ball and do play action and stuff. Like, I think – I think the the score is going to have to make Baker kind of make more plays and open up. And I think that's when he can kind of throw a turnover or two. Uh, so I definitely have the Chiefs. I don't know if they're going to cover the 10-point spread. That's But but I, I would if I had the bet, I would say they would cover the spread. I think they win by like two touchdowns. Uh, what, what, do you, what do you think, John? First, first before we even get to that, please, what do you think about the Browns? What do you think about the Steelers uh, going out very sad? Do you, do you ever want to see Big Ben in a Steelers uniform again? Here we what go. Happened? <laughs> so, I'm going to say this. Rodney, I think you're half right. I think we did lose the game. We definitely, like, like we gifted them 21 points. I don't even give my nephew 21 points when we play that. <laughs> like, like, they really gave them 21 points in the first quarter. Um, but the main reason I say you're right isn't because of the 21-point cushion we gave them. It's because I don't know if anybody remembers, but remember, you know, in the third quarter, we came out firing. We threw that touchdown pass over there to, to Deontay Johnson. We started scoring. We were stopping the Browns, making them punt. And it came up. It was, I think everybody right remembers, it was 23 to 35. Oh, I remember. You're talking about the fourth down at midfield. It was fourth and one at the 50. And we've got, four, we've got three or four stops in a row. And our defense – it doesn't even look like we're getting stops because Baker's making errant throws or they're missing gaps and holes or cuts. It looks like our defense is just is just overpowering the offense. And it's fourth and one. If you even want to give it a yard, I think it was maybe fourth and maybe and maybe six inches. Like, that's what I really think it was. I don't even think it was a whole yard. And instead of going for it, at the 50, we decided to punt the ball. Sound like Mike Vrabel. That's what he did. <laughs> I think yeah, that was that was the wor- that was an even worse punt. And we didn't even talk about that. That Mike Vrabel punt at his at the uh, other team's forty. He was past midfield. I would I, I would have gone for it with Derrick Henry. With Derrick Henry, at least the Steelers don't have a run game. With Derrick Henry, he punted. But yeah, to your point, well, like that that we punt shut that, that boy Mike down. Tommy, yeah, <laughs> like, I mean that's true. But he's still your best player. You got to give him the ball and live and die with him at the end of the day. Like, y'all did shut him down. I give you that. But you can't just go still, be scared to use him now. He's rusher, and he's yeah, bigger than, he's bigger than some lineman. I'm giving him the ball. Like, I'm yeah, not you have to. to. I'm, you have I'm to. not going to even pump fake to bring them off the field to think about punting it. I'm telling them to stay on the field, and I'm bringing on the goal line unit. And I'm like, I'm going to tell them to run the ball. If you can, yeah. if you can bring yeah. him down for a loss, then you can bring him down for a loss. Like, that's just how we're going to lose. But even in this instance, even without a even without a without an aggressive and insane running game, it's fourth and one. We have all of the momentum, all of it. Like and, and like that was. And I'll tell you, my phone was blowing up so much Sunday up until that point. Like up until we scored, and then we were marching down the field. My phone was blowing up, but as soon as that possession came up and we started marching on the field, people were silent. When nobody texted me, tweeting. Uh. Anything, because and, and and I know why everybody wasn't doing anything, because everybody was scared. 
everybody that had been texting me saying, bro, y'all suck. They were getting their dinner, this bro. Game the game was over. <laughs> you can say that if you want, but like I said, it was 23 to 35. We was down 12 in March, and we had all of the momentum. If we come down there and even kick a field goal, it's a nine-point game. And Baker and them got to start back over again at the 20, at the 20 at the best. And we, we just got three straight stops on. Like, like, that's what I was saying. We was overpowering. But at the end of the day, we lost it. The Browns won it. They capitalized on their running game, which we already knew they had in the same running game. But our defense just fell apart. Like, it was like – it was what me and Rodney said last week. We are missing pieces. You know, Robert Spillane came back from – from a, I think he had a ruptured form injury. And I was just – I was like, okay, I did. so he's not healthy. Um, Devin Bush is still out. Bud is still out. Avery Williamson didn't play. Like we just, and then like Stephon too, it kept going in and out. He left in the first quarter, came back in the third just to leave right back out again. Like, hey, John, real, real quick question for you: Do you feel any different about benching all the starters week seventeen to not eliminate the Browns? Then? I told you that was a bad idea. That's what we did last year. No, I don't. Because the thing about it is, is I, we didn't bench all of the starters. We benched most of them. But if, if you take a close look at it, we benched all of our older starters. Like, even Juju suited up for the first quarter. Did y'all bench like, we Pouncey? Benched, we, we benched – no, nah, I was talking about we benched Pouncey. We benched, we benched exactly. Ben. But that, that's Pouncey's why he, that's not why he did that snap. But that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what, but, but what I'm saying, Kyrie, is think about it like this. When was y'all by week? Like about week year? eight, week nine, nine something, yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Our bye week was in week three. That was our bye week, and we got a old. And that's what I was saying last week. We have a old team. Like I couldn't, I can't ask Ben to go out there and hammer it home for thirteen or fourteen straight weeks and ask him to be immaculate or amazing. Like I just, you're not, you're, you're expecting the worst thing possible. So I don't really regret it. Um, if we went back in time, would I tell Tomlin not to do it? I don't really know because I don't really know what benefits you get from it. He was already playing like dirt. He played terrible going down the stretch because I think he was tired. Like, and then at the end of the day, like, like I said, it wasn't – whether we played the Browns or we played the Colts or we played the Titans, I don't think it mattered. We could, if we had played Baltimore, it might have been worse. I don't think it mattered who we played because we really shot ourselves in the foot. If you give anyone in the NFL in the playoffs – a 21-point cushion. Everybody is not the Atlanta Falcons. Like, you, you can't just expect them to fold. And, and Cleveland didn't fold. Like, they, we didn't score. They got the ball off the punt, and then they went and scored and put the game away. So it was kind of just one of those, like, it's one of those things where we just played really poorly, like, like very poorly. And there's nothing – it's not really no excuses that they can say, I want Chase Claypool to stop crying and get and, – and, grow and grow up a little bit like he's crying way too much about losing to the Browns and saying they about to get stomped by the Chiefs because I'm gonna say this as quiet as it's kept the Chiefs have looked terrible the last four weeks but yeah. like, I mean terrible I don't know if anybody saw that game against Atlanta and the Chiefs were begging Atlanta to win they were begging them to beat them and Atlanta True. just and Atlanta could not win the game like they couldn't get in the end zone they couldn't get past the 50 to kick field goals they just – they couldn't do anything. And this is not a stout Chiefs defense. This Chiefs defense, you got Chris Jones, you got Tyron Matthew. Um, I know you, they, they have that linebacker. I can't remember his name, but I they do, got do Frank like Clark. him a little bit. Like, they got Frank Clark. But this is not an amazing Chiefs defense. 
this is one of those Chiefs defenses that, like, I expect my team to be in a shootout with this team. Five touchdowns. I expect my offense to have four or five touchdowns. And I expect it to be a high-scoring game. Like, that's really, truly what I expect. And as badly as that offense has been, you know, you still have that safety ward over there in Cleveland who's healthy. You got Miles Garrett down there on the defensive line. This could very easily be a, a very sneaky upset win. Cleveland could win it. They have all the formulas to beat Mahomes. They have, they have, the, they have defensive line. They have pressure getting to the quarterback. They got safeties that are back there that can be ball hawks. You know, and then their offense is built to beat a high-scoring team. Like, best way to beat Mahomes is the same way that people used to say it was the best way to beat Brady and Peyton Manning. Keep them off the field. They have Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, who I think are two top ten halfbacks in the league. So they can definitely keep him off the field for, for most of the game. So as wild as it is to say, and whether or not we won a loss after I saw us give the 21-point cushion, I knew if we played the Chiefs or if we played, uh, or if we played Buffalo, we were going to get thumped by 30. So it doesn't really matter anymore. Um, <laughs> but, but I want to say I actually think the Browns might win by seven. Wow. And you know what? I, I thought I was going to be the wild one to say it, but I agree. I think the Browns are going to win. I'm the only one. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. I'm the only <laughs> one saying the Chiefs about to win. I know. That sounds a little crazy. <laughs> but, uh, the, Chief, the Chiefs are now the underdogs. They've looked so <laughs> bad these last four weeks. Like, that's really what it, it's not even really about the Browns. It's really just more so the Chiefs. I think it has to do with both. The Browns, they're coming in with a lot of momentum. They just won their first playoff game since, what, the 90s? They're coming in with a lot hey, of momentum. look, Patrick Mahomes is about to show y'all something. Y'all about <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, Patrick everybody Mahomes thinks about to show y'all something. Patrick Mahomes is going to lose eventually. Everybody thinks he's about to just go on an eight-year run where he just wins. He's going to have some losses, and I think this is going to be one of them losses. You know what I'm saying? What great quarterback I did, I, doesn't have an embarrassing loss? You know, if I if everything is, plays out how I expect it to play out, I expect the Ravens in the Super Bowl. I'm gonna say that. Ooh, I like that. Oh yeah, I like that. Uh, but let me, let me, I don't think I don't think this is the week. I don't think I think that the the formula is correct, but I don't think the Browns have a good enough team to execute it. Whereas the Ravens have a similar formula in terms of being able to run the ball, but they have a better defense and a better quarterback, and so I can see the Ravens pulling that upset. But uh, I don't see it from the Browns, especially with all this COVID stuff going on. Uh, you know, they, had a, they got a lot of corners still out. I still, if I can remember correctly, I still think Greedy Williams is out, uh, the, like one of their top two corners. Uh, I don't know. I just, uh, I just can't see it. I can't see it. I mean, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I, I certainly – I'll be very surprised. I mean, I just, just – I know for a fact that, you know, what I'm saying is controversial. I know. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs did win. They're expected to win. You know, I, I still don't think they're the underdog, but I can see Cleveland coming in and definitely taking this game. Justin, all it takes is one play to go wrong for the Chiefs, you know? Man, all I can't, it, I can't even see it. I can't even see it. That's <laughs> blurry as hell. I can't even see it. I'll tell you I what, Ronnie, if you can't see it, go back and look at that, the Chiefs versus the Falcons, and then, and then you'll see it for sure. I mean, that's, I mean, that was, a, that was I think a terrible the, win. No, like, you're right, but it was a win is a win. I think the Chiefs were – I think the Chiefs were getting to a point – I'm not going to say that they were bored, but they definitely weren't – like when you just won a Super Bowl and now you're coming back the next year and you're still very good, it's kind of hard to be like, 
we're playing our top-notch 100% best every week, week in and week out, especially when you're going against teams that are under 500. So you're going to – especially in football, you know, people don't necessarily want to go 1,000% all the time to kind of conserve energy, not to get injured or whatever. Despite what they say, like, these things happen. Not everyone is running across the field to make a tackle every single play. You know what I'm saying? You know, things happen. But, but to me, the fact that they were playing bad and still won makes me not concerned. You know what I'm saying? That they were 14 and one with Mahomes as a starter. They only, the only game they lost was by four points to the Raiders. Like, I don't know. They just, they just look different. Like, they have. Tyler no, they're Hill, the best team in the NFL. Kelsey, Easy. Mahomes, like, huh? They're the best team in the NFL. Easy, for sure. I think That's they're the Super Bowl like, favorite. I don't, I'm going to have to see it. I'm going to have to see it. <laughs> I can't see Baker Mayfield being that guy. That's just my hot take for the weekend, man. I thought I was going to be alone. I don't see Baker. I don't. That's what I'm saying. I don't see Baker winning it. I see that she's sputtering enough. Nah. Baker, Baker not making enough mistakes and that running game being dominant because the Chiefs defense stinks. <laughs> see, see, you lost me at Chiefs sputtering. I wouldn't say it stinks. I, I, can't, I wouldn't say it stinks. The, the, uh, Chiefs, the Chiefs are going to put up about 35 points. I so can't yeah. see the Browns putting up that many points. I don't think they're going to put up 35. I can see it. I don't think they're going to put up 35. I think they'll hold them to something like maybe 20, 21. 21. Exactly. I see them getting held to like 21, just somehow miraculously. Who's going to get held to 21? That light-skinned boy in Kansas City with the curly hair. The one who be wearing the headband under his helmet. Y'all act different. Let's move on to this last game. Saints, Bucks. Wait, wait, hold on. The battle of 40-year-old men. Oh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Let me just say one thing, one thing. I just wanted to say, this is not even a jab at John. I'm not saying this to be a jerk, but... Here we go. I I think it's funny how three AFC North teams made the playoffs this season. One of them won 12-0 in the regular season, won the division, and now the other two teams are still in the playoffs. I just think that's funny. That's it. We can carry on. We don't even got to respond. I mean, I mean, I mean, all that to say that you know we won the division because we beat the other teams more times in that division. But you know, it's, it's all. Yeah, that's how it be, bro. I feel it. I mean, I, I guess, I guess we got the same trajectory as the Ravens from last year. But it's all right, man. You know. <laughs> last year was last year, brother. Okay. <laughs> You're right. Like I said, man, I, I want Lamar to win. I just can't take all the Raven fans in my ear if he does win. If, you know, it gets to the Super Bowl. That's it. I do want him to be Josh Allen, though. I, I really, I really want it. I'm almost begging for it. But. Yeah, I know Lamar definitely needs that win. So our last game, Saints Bucks battle the 40 year old quarterbacks. Uh, you know, the Saints didn't look that great against the Bears. Uh, their offense was mediocre. I mean, 21 points is, eh, it's all right. I mean, the Bears have a decent defense, but nothing really looked great. You know, Kamara was out there. Michael Thomas was back out there. Drew was back out there. Emmanuel Sanders was out there. You know, they had their full offense, but, you know, was just looked kind of, eh, eh, you know, but, you know, but Trubisky is Trubisky. So that was kind of a, it didn't really make that much of a difference. And then you go over to Tampa Bay and it's kind of hard to judge them against Washington, arguably the worst team to ever make the playoffs, if you really look at it. Uh, especially when you have the old, old Heineke out there hooping for, for, the, for Washington. Uh, the best off. quarterbacking I've seen in the past five years, easy for, for Washington. If not since RG3, that's, that was almost 10 years ago. So, <laughs> how depressing. I mean, no, don't get me wrong. He was impressive, but it was just like... I right, said how depressing. 
Oh, it yeah. was also depressing. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. um, but, <laughs> but I'm going to go with the Saints. You know, they're 2-0 coming against them this year. I think they kind of have that formula to stop Tom Brady. I mean, I think the, the, the Bucks are a little better on offense because Antonio Brown is kind of more in sync, and they, kind of, they have legit three receivers now. Um, so that may be a problem, but, you know, that Saints front seven is good. Um, and I think they just, I think they just might have their number, you know, like every time Mike, Mike Evans plays them, he throws a, ta- a temper tantrum, <laughs> you know, so it's like, I don't know, something is up. I'm not really sure what it is, but I don't see how the play- the playoffs are going to change, you know, what we've seen from the first two games of the year. Uh, so I got the Saints winning. What, what about you, John? I mean, I think it's pretty clear cut. I think it's, the Saints just have the better overall team, I think. Um, outside of the quarterback position. I think Drew Brees has looked terrible ever since he came back from his rib injury. And I'm not sure if – I mean, I'm, I'm positive he's probably still not healthy. But at the same time, I don't know if that's the only reason. I think, like, a little bit – because, I mean, even in the beginning of the season, he didn't look great. Like, to me, he did not look great. He looked – kind of average. He looked like he kind of had like a high-powered offense, and Sean Payton was like able to coach him through the game. But Drew Brees is smart. He's accurate. So, you know, Drew Brees is going to be Drew Brees at the end of the day. But I think when it comes down to it in this game, I think, you know, there's not a better playoff performer than Tom Brady. Like, Tom Brady is – he's the GOAT. Like, you know, like he's – He's that guy. Like, I, I hate to even admit it, but in the playoffs, Tom Brady does something different and turns on – he just turns it on. And I think Brady's getting more – he's getting a better connection with Antonio Brown. And I think Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin, even if Mike Evans has another bad day, which is very likely against the Saints. But even if he has another bad day, I think Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin are more than enough to, to destroy that Saints defense. And I think – they're gonna. I think the Bucks defense is gonna key in on Alvin Kamara being the one true weapon they need to slow down. Like if you control Kamara somehow, I don't see Breeze beating. So, I think it's gonna be a tight one. I think it's gonna probably come down. It's gonna be maybe twenty-seven to seventeen, and I think the Bucks take it. You think the Bucks take it? Yep. Oh wow! All right, we we disagreeing on everything. All right, go ahead, Kurt. Tonight, <laughs> I um. This is actually the playoff game of the weekend that I'm least looking forward to like watching. I don't think I think it's going to be a rather uneventful game. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm actually not really too impressed by either teams. I think um, the Bucks have the potential to be a very potent, very efficient offense, but I've seen them fall apart so many times during the season. They have days when they're just on, and then they have days when they're just completely off. And then on the other hand, I like you know how I feel about Drew Brees this season. Now that he can't throw further than 15 yards, uh, but like John said, he's smart, he's accurate. Um, I think the Saints' defense has enough to slow the uh, Bucks down, especially if they can get to Drew Brees. He's not really mobile. He's not really mobile at all, actually. <laughs> and um, but I think I like John said, Tom Brady just turns it on in the playoffs. I can't see him at least not making it to the NFC Championship game. So. I have the Bucks winning um, probably like twenty-one to like fourteen or something like that. Like I said, fourteen. Gonna, I, think, I think it's going to be a really uneventful game. I've seen and I've seen the Saints 
just flounder too, so I, I don't really know what to expect from this guy. But Jeez, y'all, both, y'all really both came on here and just have no regard for my opinion, y'all. Y'all both. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how I feel, man. I mean, look, I respect it. Ain't nothing wrong with that. So somebody, so somebody's gonna be very right. Somebody's gonna be very wrong next week. Man, yeah, it's gonna. I was already wrong last week, so. I was saying, I'm glad I ain't drawing your side. Good luck, Curry. Yeah, I was like four for two last week, man. I, you know, I was over 500. That was good. I was yeah, way I mean, below I was four five. for two as well. I think. Um, I lost on the Washington matchup, but I knew that one was a little crazy. And then the Browns shocked me. I didn't see that coming for real, but you know, I'm sure John didn't see it coming either. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's our that's our uh, our playoff situation going. Uh, so, so we'll see. Hopefully, I, I want to see that Ravens Chiefs matchup. So, hopefully, I'm right about that. Uh, and then the uh, NFC, uh, and, you know, Packers versus either one, either one of these teams would be a good game, I think. So, I'm looking forward say, to it. If we play the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, then we absolutely have to win because Lamar Jackson cannot go 0 4 to Patrick Mahomes because that's almost insurmountable at that point for his career to go down 0 4 to that. <laughs> yeah, damn near. Because. Well, we play him again next season, so who knows? Okay. I mean, that's true, yeah. Because I mean, because most of, because they haven't beat y'all, haven't met in the playoffs, have y'all? No, nah, we've never met in the playoffs. We've yeah, so that's true. So even though he's zero three, if he gets that one and zero in the playoffs, it's like even basically. It's pretty much even, exactly. You get it. Yeah, but then if he goes zero and three and then takes a playoff L, yeah, that's ugly. Yeah, that's very ugly. So yeah, so real quick, I know we, this was mostly for NFL, but I know y'all have some NBA hot takes. Uh, especially after, you know, James Harden getting traded. We're going to start there. Um, what a trade. Right. Like, wow. so how are y'all feeling about the Nets? Personally, I'll say really quick, like offensively, I have zero concerns in terms of them being able to score, them being able to share the ball, determine who's getting shots, whatever. Like, they'll figure it out. Like, with, they have Steve Nash and Dan Tony uh, in terms of the offensive system. Like, they have Joe Harris as a nice complimentary piece. Like, I like their bench guys in terms of being, like, 3 and D players. Uh, I wish they had a better big man, you know, kind of like pick and roll guy going to the rim. You know, DeAndre Jordan's a little washed to me, but he seems a little better last night. You know, we're recording this on Thursday night. So they played Wednesday to play the Knicks and he looked okay. You know, he looked better than, you know, because he had, he had gotten benched like two games prior to the last night. Like he had gotten benched. Like Jared Allen was basically taking all his minutes. Uh, but obviously he's gone. So DeAndre Jordan's back starting and, you know, he, he, he's okay. But the thing for me is, is like defensively, I'm not sure. I don't want any defense where it's dependent on how hard my players are trying. And I don't know how hard Kyrie and James Harden are going to consistently be trying. Uh, you know, again, I don't necessarily love DeAndre Jordan as a big, especially if he's guarding, you know, like, you know what I mean? Or even Embiid if in the playoffs. I'm not, I have no faith. And then, you know, if he's in foul trouble, who are you bringing in as a backup big? I don't, you know, they, I know they drafted a power forward, but he's kind of undersized and unproven, and I'm not relying on him. So they definitely need to go get another big, whether it be like a free agent or a buyout guy or something like that, which I think they will, but I don't know if that'll be enough. Um, I think next year is really the year, like with the offseason, they'll still have a pick, even though it'll be – even though it'll be uh, draft swapped or whatever, but they'll have a pick. Um, they'll be able to get a mid-level guy. They'll be able to get, a, you know, some veteran minimum or whatever. So I think next year is really going to be their year, especially when you look at LeBron getting being another year older. Uh, but in terms of this year, they're, they're very good. You know, they kind of have to make them the favorite in the East to me. 
Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they lost to the Bucks. Uh, or you, I mean, I guess I could put Philly in there as well. Um, mm. But yeah, that's how that's how I feel about it. I don't know. I, I don't expect them to win the finals this year, though. Um, mm. how, how are y'all feeling about that? I actually don't really know how I feel about the trade. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I like you said, I have no worries about how efficient they're going to be on offense. Though I do worry about how the ball is going to get spread around. Um, I don't really know how it's going to be run and. I think they would have tried. They would have probably been better off trying to trade Kyrie as well, because one, who knows if he's ever even going to play again. <laughs> and, um, two, I don't like them giving up Jared Allen uh, instead of DeAndre Jordan. I think they should have tried to ship DeAndre Jordan as well, because they're they, they don't might want DeAndre Jordan. They ain't have no choice. Right. I mean, somebody will take okay. him, man. That, that's why you said DeAndre Jordan has Kyrie no too. value. That's why you sent Kyrie too, man. <laughs> you know, I don't think you need. I you don't need Kyrie and James Harden and Kevin Durant. I don't. I think that's a recipe for disaster, especially if one game goes wrong. Let's say they have one embarrassing loss, they lose to a low-seeded team, or they get blown out by a good team, and I get to see that team just melting down. Um, but I do like to trade for the Rockets. I think they got some good pieces. Obviously, they're not, you know, any. They're not a championship contender this year. I think they have some good pieces to build on if they decide to move on with um, John Wall in the future. So I do feel bad for Karis LeVert. And I don't I have no idea what the Cavaliers are doing. They're just kind of just doing stuff, man, just adding as many centers as possible. So it's kind of weird. So all in all, I'm going to make two really big hot takes real quick. So please fasten your seatbelts. I actually think the Nets are already working to trade Kyrie Irving. So who who would take him right now? I think it's a I think it's a bunch of teams that would take Kyrie Irving just for the simple fact you're like okay name name one I can't think of one everyone has a point guard nowadays so I think one I think Philly would take him to be honest with you I mean um, I guess if they could keep Ben Simmons and Embiid yeah but I think Philly would take him I think who else I think if if the Bucks could find a way I think the Bucks would take him with no questions asked I think. Craziest thing and crazier things have happened. I think the Lakers would absolutely take him, and I think LeBron would be at the forefront of that. Like, oh, you know, we'll definitely take Kyrie. I mean, well, of course you'll take him, but what do you have? What are these teams trading for him? They don't. I don't think a lot of these teams have the the assets, the draft picks to oh, trade for him. You know, that's so a I good think, point, Ron. But but this is my point right here. What Kyrie is doing right now is is burying his trade value. Like, if the because I think I think what he's doing with the Nets more so, I think it's dangerous for the locker room because. Is showing that he just has a complete disregard for the team. Because think about it is, if he's not telling KD or Steve Nash, the two people that are there in Brooklyn because of him, what he's doing or his whereabouts or the reason he's missing games in practice, then what do you think that's saying to the rest of the locker room? Well, I will say that the post game last night, Steve Nash had said that he talked to him. I mean, he could be covering for him or whatever, but as of last night, he said he said that that they've been in communication, and I would be surprised if he isn't talking to Katie. But also, he's a very weird guy, so you, I can't put anything past him. I mean, I'm just I'm just saying this. I don't think Steve Lash has control of that team. Period. Point blank. Like that's just what it is. Like it is, oh, yeah. it is. I would I would agree. With he's that. a he's a he's a he's another Tyron Lue. He's a figurehead. You know, um, he'll get like a, maybe a year or two of actual coaching under his belt. Then he might be good. But as of right now, he's just a figurehead. Um, I think with I think they're definitely trying to line up a trade for Kyrie. They're trying to find somebody. They're trying to probably quietly shop him to trade him somewhere else. 
because I think they'll try to trade him and get back the assets that they lost for Harden. Like, they'll refill their bench with that. And they'll probably move forward with, with James Harden and KD. And they'll probably feel better off winning a championship with that lineup than Kyrie and KD because of how Kyrie is acting. Like, I'll say I, can't, I can't see that. I can't I see them trading Kyrie. I mean, the GM came out and said that he consulted both of them on the Harden trade and that they wanted Harden. So I, I, I just can't – I can't see that, especially with – I think to your point, it's kind of contradictory to say that Kyrie's trade value is going down, so they're going to trade him. To me, that gives them less reason to trade him because they're going to get less back for him when they already have now a depleted roster and no picks whatsoever. If anything, yeah, if they were the, ever going to trade him, to me, it would be when his, his value is at the highest. I don't know if his, if his value is going to get that high again because we don't know when he's going to come out and play. Yeah, and now like, that his value has dropped, there's going to be teams willing – some team will take him now because now they have assets who, you know, they can give up for Kyrie Irving because his and, value dropped team, before you had to get picks. What's Kyrie to right now? If, if somebody Kyrie will take Kyrie Irving. He's still Kyrie Irving. If, if, LeBron, if, if, LeBron, if LeBron walks into Genie Bus office and they say – What the hell do they have to trade for Kyrie? But they're they're going <laughs> to trade Schroeder. They're going to trade Schroeder, Harrell, and they're going to trade the two first-round picks that All they right, have stop. left. Stop. I'm telling you. Because I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. <laughs> Brooklyn would take that trade. No, they would not. I'm telling you, they would probably take that trade. Because they would look at it and they'll say, okay. Because don't forget, as quiet as it's kept, Brooklyn still has Spencer Dinwiddie. They still have Jeff Green. They, I mean, like, they have serviceable players. They still have Joe Harris. The the French dude has been playing really well. He used to play for Philly. I can never pronounce yeah, his name. TLC, Timothy, Louis, Cabio, yeah, whatever. Yeah, him. He's been playing really well this season. So and they yeah. still also have Landry Shannon. So they have serviceable players on their bench. They got guys that can that can give you ten to fifteen minutes a game of good NBA basketball. I think if Gene, if if Genie Bus was to walk in the office and tell them like, look, we'll give you Schroeder, Harrell, and we'll give you the last two picks we have. The last boy, two and they will hang up on them. <laughs> I don't think they would. I don't think they go for that trade. <laughs> I, I think I think some teams will take them. I don't know about that trade in particular. Yeah, boy, they will hang up. <laughs> I don't think but they no, would. honestly, honestly, no, no, no. Actually, the more I think about that, Dennis Schroeder, Montrez Harrell, when you look at their team makeup, that's, not, got, a, that's not a bad acquisition. Exactly. And think about like this. That's not bad, you got, you got, think about like this. Because you already have Kevin Durant. You have James Harden. I, I like that. Dennis Schroeder. Exactly. I like that. You got James Harden and KD. Uh, that's very, that's a very nasty. Cut out your minutes. Because think about like this. With James Harden and KD, you're never going to have a I'm scoring on the floor. Never. It's never going to be – whether they're getting other people involved or scoring themselves, you're never going to have a problem with scoring. Bro, you have point, Kyrie, James Harden, and KD together on a team. This is unprecedented in NBA history. You keep <laughs> these three and just get role players around them. Like, you make it work. If Kyrie wants to retire, okay, that's different. I'm not going to jump the gun and assume the but guy – he's unpredictable. You don't know what he's about to do, though. Like, <laughs> I'm willing to take my chance. Two games and was I'm not sorry. returning Steve Nash's calls. <laughs> and I, I'm sorry. I'm not even – you know, I'm not a Kyrie hater. I know he may have his reasons for doing stuff. I know the media does have a tendency to be on him or whatever. But if I'm GM, I, Kyrie got to go, dog. <laughs> like, you don't hey, know what he's going to do. You really don't know. And this is – it's not like this is an isolated incident. Like, this is everywhere Kyrie this goes. This is Kyrie Irving type This thing. is Kyrie Irving. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> if you can get some good pieces to surround you, you already have two other superstars. Because you really don't need three superstars. You know what I'm saying? They can make it work with Kevin Durant, James Harden. Like, they said yeah, they said Joe Harris. Yeah, Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah, they probably should have kept Harris. Okay, listen. I'm, this is a quote from Sean Marks on Wednesday after the trade. 
it was get it was getting their thoughts and really wanting to hear what their commitment was going to be, what their conviction conviction was. Mark said in the news conference Thursday, "I enjoyed hearing that conviction, and we've got time to see how it translates on the court." And in terms of talking with them, uh, when someone asked about how they felt about it, so he's talked with them. Like they know what's what going on. Like, Wait, wait, before you say, say anything else, Rodney, I'm going to take you back three years ago, three years ago, two years ago, three years ago, like I said, going into that offseason after the Raptors got bounced in the second round by the Cavs for like, I think a third consecutive year and Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan met with the GM and they met with the GM because remember that was right after Dwayne Casey had gotten fired. Right. And DeMar DeRozan said he felt unsettled. He met with the GM, and the GM assured him that he was not leaving. Okay, and then Kawhi Leonard came. This is not the same at all. (laughs) Who who are they trading? So we're going to compare trading DeMar DeRozan for Kyrie or for for Kawhi to trading Dennis Schroeder and Montez Harrell? I'm saying just in general. GMs will do you. GMs will trade you away if they feel like it helps their team. Like at the end of the day. Okay, like, and what I'm saying is, there's no trade out there that I feel like is going to help the Nets team by trading Kyrie right now. And Dennis Schroeder and Kuzma and Montrezl <laughs> Harrell certainly is not changing my mind. I disagree. I'm saying Dennis Schroeder's name like that. Bro. Put some respect on it. <laughs> I don't think the Brooklyn Nets team is going to work. I don't think it's going to work anymore. I think maybe ten years ago or nine years ago, this shit yeah. would have worked. Because KD would have been the undisputed best player on that team, best scorer, everything. Now you're looking at that team, KD's going to look at Harden. Harden will look at KD and he's going to be like, all right, man, I love you. You're my brother, but you see me over there putting up 54 and I got P.J. Tucker on the floor. Like, it's not like they're not doubling. They're double teaming me. They are double teaming me. They just can't stop me. And then the biggest thing of all is I already thought it was kind of interesting and I was actually applauding KD and Kyrie for handling – end-of-game situations at this point. But now, I'm really going to be interested to see how they handle end-of-game situations with Kyrie, Katie, and James. Who do you give the ball to? Who do you who do you go to in that clutch shot? That's a great problem to have. But I, I think it's Is a it great problem. Yes! Okay, If there were three different players, if, if these were three different players, right? If this was, let's say, like, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and let's add another superstar in there, like Giannis or something like that, right? I would say, like, nah, you don't have to worry about that. You know what I'm saying? I think they'll all figure it out or whatever. They'll get along. They'll do what's best for the team. This is Kyrie Irving. James Harden, who's hanging out with Little Baby. You know what I'm saying? Instead of, <laughs> instead of hanging out with John Wall, you know, his new teammate, he's out in Vegas with Little Baby. And Kevin Durant, bro, who can't stay off the burners. I just don't see, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just do not see this working out well. They, they have the talent. Like John said, maybe 10 years ago, but this is not going to work out, man. But okay, so Kyrie, Kyrie was serious, but he lost me at can't, KD can't stay off the burners. So I'm going to give you more serious reasoning, though. Serious no, I'm not worried about Kevin Durant. I think they're he's not, actually going to be the leader of the team. I'm not it, worried about that's KD. the thing. I'm worried about because whenever you look at big threes, I look, about, I look at it and I think about it like this. K, the reason KG, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen worked is because they were all at the end of their careers, basically. They were at the end of their primes. They knew they had to make this shit work. They didn't have a choice. KG brought in a defensive mindset, and you can tell he took a step back on the offensive end for Ray Allen and Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce took the leadership role, and Ray Allen became a more deadly spot-up shooter. Even in Miami, 
Bosch and Dwayne Wade took back seats until Dwayne Wade had to show LeBron how to be a leader for him, for him. But they took back seats to LeBron voluntarily. And they let LeBron lead that team, and they both diminished different parts of their game. But these are all big threes that showed a lot of humility. I don't see that from KD, Kyrie, and James. I don't. And, Rodney, you already know, I'm a James Harden fan. That's my guy. Ever since Arizona State, I love James Harden. But I don't see him coming out the gates being like, look, I sacrificed the first three, three to four years of my career so you can shine, and I've been going off these last ten or these last eight. I'm not about to sacrifice another two or three years for you to get your shine on. Like, and for and everybody keeps saying, like, oh, James Harden, he wanted to be in Brooklyn. Why would he? But that doesn't mean anything. You know what I'm saying? He still that doesn't mean he's going to change the style of play. That's just where he wants to be. So I, like John said, I don't see this. Uh, they'll probably go to the Eastern Conference Final just off of talent alone. But then I think they'll have like a meltdown. I don't think they get there because they. I don't think any of them are going to play defense. So you're telling me. You, so you think the Sixers are better? I don't think that's the case either because Ben Simmons is right. – like, Hey, right. Ronnie, I already told you. I want Danny Green out of my city. I'll go up there and drive <laughs> some from good. Philly myself. I know that's I'll, I'll like get in my car. I just had to double check. I just had to double check. Like him. Then I got Ben over here who just – I'm just really trying to figure out what does he do in the offseason? Like, <laughs> like, does he spend all of his time with Kendall? Is that it? Does he not – You know what I love? Like, I love every offseason how they show Ben Simmons shooting threes and they be like, he's got his jumper every season, man. It's like four years shooting threes in a YMCA gym. white man, bro. Like, what is it? You know what I'm saying? This means nothing. This is the same thing every season. I don't know what y'all do about Ben Simmons. He might got to go. But he's great on defense. He is great on defense. I will say, I think we all agree that the Nets aren't going to win this year. But I think it's for very different reasons. Not yeah. like yeah, I definitely won't. The go thing that y'all are worried about, I'm not worried about. <laughs> uh, but, but I think we can all agree, nonetheless, right now. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, it's going to be must-watch TV regardless, so I'm excited for that. I know, Kyrie, you said you had a, a Luca take. We're going to get out there on, with, our, with the last take. Uh, you said so, yeah, something to say about Luca. I have a lot of things to say about Luca. Luca all right, well, let's, let's get like a top three. Let's get a top three. <laughs> Luca Doncic is the MVP of the season. That boy has picked it up. I know he's not shooting as well as he did last season, but you know what else he's doing? He's facilitating the ball. He's playing defense. That's what I wanted from Luca. I needed to see some defense from him. Did you he's say he's defense. playing defense? Yes, he is playing. Are you watching the Mavericks? No. Yes, Watch, you're watching Ben Simmons miss every three, bro. Watch the Mavericks. That's <laughs> he's, not taking, he's not missing them. He's not taking them. That's it. <laughs> That's fact. No, no, he's definitely playing defense, though. He's playing much better defense. I think the acquisitions of um, the players around him, George Richardson, um, McCall. What's his name? Collie Stein. He Willie Collie Stein. He's really picked it up as well. I think this is a good team, man. And KP is back, so that adds a whole other dimension to the team. So they're looking good, man. Luka Doncic MVP. That's all I got to say. I love the confidence. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, you know I, I love my team. Who's winning MVP? I mean, look, Luka, Luka can win it. You know, they're looking for that great white hoop. You know, it's only a matter of time before he gets it. Gets the MVP. <laughs> We don't have to bring oh, Russian through. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, I think if anybody gets it this year, it might be Jokic. It might be. If anybody, hey, you already know. Off. You already know I'm on that Jokic yeah. agenda, John. No, I know, I know, and I hate. It. <laughs> He's going off, man. <laughs> that's a that's a good one. That Jokic agenda. Very different. 
Um, yeah, but Mark shit, Wilson. I don't know. We got anything else we want to add? I think I think that's about it. I mean, let me ask y'all: Who is y'all? Who is y'all? So, who's y'all favorite to win the title? And, who, and then, who, who's y'all dark horse? I mean, it's the Lakers. It has to be everyone's favorite. I feel like the Lakers are my favorite. <laughs> shit, based on how y'all talking, my dark horse is the Nets. Fuck. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> how y'all oh, talking? I'm not I think the only other teams that. that could win, not not counting the Nets. I think I guess my I don't know. Can you count the Bucks as a dark horse? I would, because I don't. Then I, 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 that, that's my dark horse, then. Uh, honestly, man, I have no dark horse. I, I'm not really impressed by any of these teams. I think the Lakers are far ahead the best team in the league. Um, I think I guess the only other competition would be the Nets or the Bucks. But we've seen what the Bucks do every year. I'm not. Um, and then y'all heard what I felt about the Nets. So I don't. I don't really have a dark horse. I think the Lakers are just going to. It's not going to be close this season. So, and they haven't even gotten hot yet to me. And that's so good. Yeah, they're de- definitely they're definitely chilling. Yeah. Don't even call me wild. And it's not me being just a fan. Uh-oh. I'm going to say Philly's my dark horse. But oh. one specific trade has to happen. I don't know what we give up for him, but we need to get Bradley Bill in Philly. If we get uh-huh. Bradley in Philly, then Philly becomes my dark horse to win. And you, you have you a, fake, a, a women or player. You fake, yeah, you talking about fake teams, bro. Hey, listen, I'll be on my hands and knees at night praying. Please, please, Lord God, find find a way for Ernie Grunfield to come back into that front office just for two days. <laughs> just for two days. Let Daryl Morey give him a call and let them have a have a quick conversation. Hey. I actually do have a question for y'all. What? Where do you think Washington goes from here? I have no I think Russell coming to D.C. was a bad idea. I didn't like her from the start. <laughs> I don't think it mattered if it had Russ or Wall. That, that whole team just isn't built well, especially now that Thomas Bryant is out. Like, yeah. they didn't really have defensive players to begin with. Like, they had a lot like, – like, Rui is in his second year. The guy that – Denny, you know, is a rookie, and they're both starting at the three and the four. You know, Troy Brown is okay. Like, they just didn't – like – you know, then, then, you know, Bertans has to play a lot. So, like, that yeah, team of players. Like, they had a lot of individual players who you kind of like, but then when you put them all together, it's just like, how is this really going to work in terms of playing defense particularly? Uh, so, where do they go from here? I mean, they kind they have to kind of ride it out. I don't, like, it's, uh, <laughs> what else can you do? You can't trade Russell Westbrook right now. He's hurt. I think, in all honesty, you trade Bradley Bill to get back as much as you can get. I would love for him to come to Philly, but unless they really got faith that Ben is going to learn how to shoot threes at a 38% clip overnight, I don't see them taking the Philly trade. Um, I think the team to look out for for that trade is Denver. And that's what I was thinking about. Denver, Denver, maybe the Pelicans, because the Pelicans have a lot of picks, but Denver have the picks and the players. If you, you I don't know, think the I'm assuming they're up. Not with – I think they like Ingram and Zion together. I mean, no, they're going to keep Ingram and Zion and try and add a third guy. You, you forget they have all those AD picks. Very yeah. true. But, but and I, a lot of young they players. Got, they have a lot Jackson of young players. Hayes, they got a lot of people that Yeah, uh, Nikhil, Alexander Walker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that. But I was leaning more towards Denver because Denver, you got Gary Harris, Michael Porter Jr., and Bobo. And then they can trade their first-round picks. Like they still Oh, yeah, no, have, I agree. So yeah. – that's like my thing. Of, my logic of it is okay. You give us Bradley Beal. We'll give you Bobo, Michael Porter Jr., who's shown you that he can be dominant at times. 
and then we give you Gary Harris, who's not who's who's a more than serviceable shooting. He's a three and D wing in the NBA today, like a proven three and D wing, and you can trade him for a first round pick to a contender. A contender is going to give you a first round pick for Gary Harris. They win. For Gary Harris. Yeah, nah, your hair's been kind of bad lately. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about as a, that. As a three-point shooter, yeah, but as a defender, he's still he's I don't know. He gets hurt a lot too, but I don't know. We gonna see. We gonna see. Uh, shit. Appreciate y'all coming on. Uh, you know, we're gonna keep track of these picks. I'm gonna be on y'all's head next week. Y'all better hope the Browns win. I don't tell you that right now. Y'all better shoot. Y'all better hope the Nets suck too. How y'all was talking? You're gonna have a lot of you have a lot of accountability win, in this I'm podcast. I'm going chopping. I'm gonna I'm turn on my video and walk in chopping. Because <laughs> I'd much rather play the Browns than the Chiefs, baby. So let's get it. That's yeah. All right, y'all. Take it easy. All right. Appreciate it. Two to tie. Michigan have to bring it. Oh, he walked. He walked, and the referee missed it. Weber brings it into the front court.